0: Infotrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. You turn on the tap and expect to get clean water. But in many places across America, the water isn't safe to drink due to unsafe levels of contaminants. Here with the story Infotrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Joining us now is Johnny Lewis, Professor Emerita in the Department of Pharmaceutical Sciences at University of New Mexico Health Sciences. The university study appears in the Journal of Exposure Science and Environmental Epidemiology. Professor, the study identifies seven contaminants that often find their way into drinking water, these being arsenic, fracking fluids, lead, nitrates, chlorinated disinfection byproducts, human-made chemicals known as PFAS, and uranium. Which of these are suspected or even known to cause cancer?
1: Quite a few of them, if not all, have some reported studies linking them to cancer. These are meant to be representative of broader classes of chemicals and metals that tend to find their way into drinking water just to give a big picture
0: of contamination
1: profiles in the country.
0: So we've talked about cancer. What are some of the other health problems that could come from ingesting too much of these chemicals?
1: Well, you know, I think one of the things we're always concerned about is health of sensitive populations. Children or developing fetus, for example, when systems are a lot more vulnerable or people who have pre-existing health conditions or compromised immune systems. And so, a lot of these have been linked to developmental delays or a likelihood of preterm birth, for example. You always expect those vulnerable populations to be more sensitive. And then we also showed there does seem to be a linkage with population disparity communities where you tend to have lower income levels and more vulnerability through those social disparities to exposures such as these.
0: And I know the numbers are different from city to city, community to community, but can you characterize at least how commonly these are found in water supply systems?
1: You're very correct. The numbers do vary a lot. And when we look at violations that get reported, you know, there are many different categories as well. They're pretty widespread across the country. Identifying a particular number is always difficult. The Natural Resources Defense Council was saying that 18,000 systems serving 77 million people had violations reported in an individual year. So small systems tend to have more violations than larger systems just because of the difficulties of, you know, less infrastructure available to maintain those
0: systems. And larger systems are more able to cope then with that problem. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I think typically you think of the larger system serving some of the urban areas where generally there's more tax base, there are more resources, there's more staffing. And it's just, I think, a little bit less of a challenge to maintain. Sometimes those systems tend to be a bit newer, not always, for sure and a bit more monitoring that goes on on a routine basis.
0: So is it fair to say that it's not really difficult to remove the substances from a technical perspective? It's just a question of having the money and the political will to do it? Would that be fair? Yes and no. In some
1: cases, they're more difficult to remove than others. And I think you know part of the difficulty is that a lot of the drinking water systems in the country aren't using some of the technologically more advanced treatment systems, but they're treating primarily for disinfection of bacterial or viral contaminants or protozoal contaminants. And that's what they were built on. A lot of the systems in this country are a century old. So if you're retrofitting something, it becomes much more difficult to retool an entire system than doing something from scratch
0: we're visiting with johnny lewis professor emerita in the department of pharmaceutical sciences at university of new mexico health sciences they're now out with a study on some of the chemicals found in drinking water that can be harmful regardless of which community is affected large or small what steps would you like to see officials take to get cleaner water to their communities
1: the will and a lot of the basic regulatory framework that's needed is there, but the infrastructure is old in many cases, in the vast majority of cases, and the cost of treatment and the ability to monitor and to detect even some of the chemicals, I think it's really overwhelming. So more investment in infrastructure, and I guess from a political perspective, the interest in recognizing the protection of public health is a government responsibility for the population. And there has to be that recognition and that will to invest the dollars that it would take to bring that system back up. One would only expect it to get worse as the systems keep aging and as climate change impacts more of the things that we looked at.
0: And some of that investment and attention would go toward more stringent chemical safety testing and better water standards even, would you say?
1: Yes, but at this point, we regulate about 100 chemicals. And if you look at the number of new chemicals that come online annually, it's a pretty significant number. And I think everybody's familiar with the recent recognition or the importance of detection and cleanup of PFAS, that has been in the system since the 50s and is only recently coming into recognition. And, you know, when you think that hundreds of chemicals are entering the system as new chemicals every year, yeah, just that definition of what is to be regulated creates a huge resource demand, let alone how to detect it and how to remove it.
0: Let's take this to a personal level if we can. Could ordinary people do an at-home test to see if they're getting contaminants in their drinking water? Is there such a thing? I think the safest thing to do, given the range of
1: contaminants and the fact that different tests will pick up different classes of contaminants, the safest thing to think about is actually having a sample tested at a local lab in some states or some counties or some local governments will provide free testing, and that's probably the first place to start. And collecting a sample from your tap and taking it in to see what's really there is a really important first step if you're thinking of looking at some kind of filtration system, for
0: example. And I was just going to ask you about that. Are filtration systems sold for the home use effective in removing some or all the contaminants from water?
1: Yeah, they are, but you really do need to know what you need to remove. Any system that you use is going to have its unique problems, and those may mean that you have to change filters regularly, and the maintenance costs might be quite high. Some of them are very expensive to put in, and there's no need in installing them if you have a class of contaminants that they're not even going to address. And they do address very different classes of contaminants. Something like reverse osmosis has gotten to be very popular. But if you dig down into that, unless there's something that you really need that for, it's also a very wasteful system. You can waste anywhere between three and 25 gallons of water input to get one gallon out. And so you really want to think about that. And the backside of that is if you don't maintain the filters, you can actually start producing a reverse gradient where you've concentrated contaminants on the filter and they start coming back off into your water system, which is now purer than the filter you're running. So it's not a real straightforward question and it really is important to look into it. CDC has excellent guidance on their
0: website on how to select an appropriate system, and I would refer people there. Lots to think about, for sure. Johnny Lewis, Professor Emerita at University of New Mexico Health Sciences, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.